0: For young players you always see the skill set that they have you know you see it in practice you see it early on their body movement their ability to catch the ball their ability to run routes but their ability to do that in the most critical of situations is, is the one thing you, you don't know third and 13 now for the colts 23 seconds left Colts down by a point you want to be on the attack and, and you want to be aggressive and, and you want to play with an absence of fear you know as a veteran player it's just sometimes reminding guys Cut it loose. A lot of, of what you end up doing is dictated off of how they're trying to defend you. We knew if we got our chance, we were going to let it rip. Ryan's going to throw it, taking it a deep shot for Pierce.
1: Matt just gave me a chance, you know, throwing up down field, It ended up being a perfect ball.
2: Ryan throws down the near sideline, looking for Alec Pierce. He's got it! He's got it! Touchdown!
0: is such a a talented player. It has such a good feel on on the deep vertical throws that we felt like if we got the chance, you know, we had the look that we wanted, we could be aggressive there. The coaches recognized from the
1: previous couple of plays, they were were really, you know, loading the box, trying to stop the run, bringing some pressure.
0: For us, we had talked about on the sideline before what we wanted to do on the backside, if we wanted to be aggressive or not. We had a play set up that had multiple options. You know there's a little discussion about what we wanted to do if we broke into the open field we had a chance to score do we want to go into a mode where you we play it you know safe and and go down and, and kick the field goal we felt like at least i felt like we were in a spot that if we got our chance go score if we got that chance let it rip and get it in the end zone 23 seconds here we go
2: it is a shotgun formation from matt ryan
0: they just kind of pressed across the board, single high safety. As a quarterback, your responsibility is to try and keep that middle safety where he is. As long as the corner doesn't bail, we're going to have a chance to throw it down the field and truly create a one-on-one opportunity. And Alec did a great job, patience with the route, an excellent release. Reggie, you know, earlier in
1: the game, I had kind of like rushed release on a on a play and didn't get the best release, so he just wanted me
0: to be patient and work my release, you know, so I can uh, save as much space for the quarterback to throw the ball. A reminder from a guy who's an all-time great, to, to stay patient, to understand, use your technique. You know, I think in, in critical situations, it comes down to the fundamentals. And, and I think that's what Red was reminding him there of. Stay patient with the release. Trust your fundamentals. He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown!
2: Two-yard grab over the shoulder snag.
1: That's something we work all the time. A lot of times you have a tendency, you you don't want to let it fade over your shoulder. That makes it a harder catch. That used to be a drill that I would think, you know, it's almost like layup lines for basketball. You just, it's just kind of like warming up. You're just going easy. Really emphasize letting that ball fade over your shoulder and just trying to catch it on the outside shoulder.
2: And on third down, Alec Pierce has his first NFL touchdown.
1: First touchdown, you want to you make sure you keep the ball. I didn't want to spike it, but I ended up spiking it. Tried not to, you know, throw it into the stands or anything like that because I wanted to keep him ball. I saw Blue, the mascot, had to go get a celebration with him real quick.
0: I actually didn't see him catch it. The reaction from the crowd, whether you're at home or on the road, says it all. When you felt Lucas Oil explode uh, and the place going crazy, that was really my cue that we that we had hit it. I didn't know if he scored or it was just a completion. You could just feel the energy, and, and that's an awesome feeling as a player.
2: It is chaos here in Indianapolis. I know, first one game winner.
0: I think it's an incredible way to get your first touchdown catch. I sent him a text that night. What a cool way to have, you know, your first touchdown in the NFL be basically a walk-off game winner. Not many people get an experience like that, and it's something you'll remember forever.
1: I don't think I could have drew up a better way to get it, and, uh, you know, happy it happened that way.
0: In the biggest of moments, he's going to be there. He's going to make the plays. He's got that internal fire. I think that fire is only going to continue to grow. I'm glad we have him.
3: Well, we
2: wondered what the mindset of Frank Wright would be, and there it is. Aggressive, trusting the veteran quarterback. He got a one-on-one situation. Chad Griffin
0: against the rookie, and the rookie wins.
4: So from what I'm tracking on that play, too, though, is they they said that uh they they said they said that it was it was Frank Wright being aggressive, right? And uh ultimately it was Matt Ryan being aggressive. So I actually listened to multiple interviews this week by Frank Wright, and he gave all credit to Matt Ryan on that decision. Uh he said that when him and when him and Matt were sitting on the sideline, they were talking about what they wanted to do on that play. And Matt, Matt instantly said he wanted to score. He didn't want to be conservative. He didn't want to go for the field goal. He didn't want to give anything a chance. He wanted to go for that touchdown. Players asked Matt, hey, if we catch this ball, what are we doing? Are we going down? Are we going out of bounds? What are we doing? He said, no, man, just score. So that, that, that play, I think, alone just gave us an idea of what Matt Ryan is and who we were looking for when we picked him up. That play hypes me up. It's the reason. Okay, so you guys all messaged me and said good job on that, and I didn't make that. All right, I wish I could take credit for that. That 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 was a Colts production. They do a director's cut uh, pretty much every time we win, and I, I that was one that I had to steal this week just because Alec Pierce getting his first touchdown. Uh, I like Matt Taylor as our. Uh, as the voice of Indy, that man can get me hype up just the way he he does things. I don't know if you guys saw the video of, of him actually making that announcement. And he was like, <laughs> it's just Matt Taylor's an awesome guy, man. How, how's everybody doing tonight, man? How's everybody doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good.
5: Real well. I'm, I'm good.
6: But, yeah, no, the reason I was saying you were the man for updating it is just because too many times I see too many podcasts will do like the same intro all the time and you switched it up. And I thought it was perfect that I was thinking that. And then this week you ended up changing it up. And uh, just thought that was awesome. I was fresh. I mean, I know the this, was this a little situation long, too really. as well coming off a win. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I figured change it up a little bit. Let, you know, I get these get these fans hyped up instead of just the same hype up video that was, you know, we used from, from, off season now, now you use some things that, that that's going on throughout the year rather than just. I don't know, man. I'm hyped for Alec Pierce, bro, and the fact that earlier on in the game they even talked about it. Earlier on in the game, he didn't get a good release. Uh, I think he got a flag on that play. Uh, he didn't catch the ball, but I'm pretty sure there was a penalty on that play. I can't remember. Yeah, 100%. he got the he got the defensive pass
6: interference on that play. Yeah, uh, was actually sure. a, uh, that was actually a third down to keep our drive going. Mm-hmm on the game-winning uh, – or no, no, not the game-winning drive. It was game-winning. Earlier in the game, I, I want to say it was our second touchdown.
4: First, first time we yeah. took the lead, I believe. Yeah, I was going First time we took yeah. the lead, took the yeah. lead. Yeah, yeah. so, so – I, I, I know that everybody's so hyped about that play, but I have another play that I'll share later on uh, that I think was a pivotal role in us being able to win this game. It was another third and long situation on that last drive. And it was someone else that we just don't talk enough about. But we'll, we'll get that. And I wanted
6: to also give an update on that, that last part that we were talking about. You said with uh, Matt Ryan and the players talking about go score. They were actually – the players were talking to each other, the receivers and the line. It was like, do we get down here and try and get to the field goal? Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan comes over and says, hey, just fucking score. Yeah, just fucking so that's, cool. what his, that's what he tells Supposedly, that, that's
4: from, and, from uh, what the receiver said.
6: That was his exact yeah, quote. Yeah, that was his score. Score. <laughs> just fucking score. Um, and then, uh, uh, actually, really smart on Alec Pierce's um play as well. It was, uh, I want to say a two way option route. If the DB came up to press like he did, you were supposed to hit the go route, get to press on the outside. If he was off, uh, I think it was more than three a yards, slant. it was, it was supposed slant. to be a slant. And it was great recognition by Alec Pierce to re- recognize that because Alec Pierce on that play he's not even the main option of that route. That was the nope. backside of the that was the back side of the play, and Matt Ryan was telling Frank Wright, "What are we doing on the backside?
4: Just in case something opens up there." And boom, it happened to work out. One hundred percent, man. I think I think that whole drive that last that last drive kind of showed what this team could be. And instead of getting that conservative Frank, I think that play alone just kind of gives Frank confidence to go back to what he was doing a couple of years ago when he was like, I, I'm not going for a tie. He always said he always said before, I'm not going for a tie. But this year, it always seemed like he was kind of. I'm going conservative. I don't trust these guys, but now it's looking like hey, like we said earlier, playing not to lose. Yes, and now he's playing to win, and and this is the cold team that I think we're going to get moving forward, and I absolutely love it. And we're five weeks. It? Uh,
6: Brock, five we got weeks. we got a couple questions here or, or statements here. I say, uh, Brock, I personally I don't I don't care about being called the worst team. I will I will honestly take every little worst call they said. I'll take every 12 to 9 win. I don't care. If it gets us all the way to the Super Bowl, I'll take 12 to 12 to 9 the whole way. So me personally, I don't care about that. But it's definitely nice to see the team building the chemistry. <laughs>
4: Yeah, man, before we get into even talking about that game a little more, because I know we just kind of got to it, let's go ahead and go through the injury report. Uh, I'm going to go through it quickly because we don't have the slide this week. NFL.com kind of changed their uh, – the way they have this all set up. So it's just going to be real quick. I'm just going to name off names. I'll tell you, you know, they're out or if they're questionable. Right now, first off is uh, DJ Chark is – he's out um, tomorrow uh let's see you have josh reynolds wide receiver is uh questionable with a knee uh Dak prescott is a full full participant and is back so he'll be playing in the detroit and cowboys say, game. Reading the list of who's going to play because that, that list yeah. is long as hell <laughs> uh C- cd lamb is now a full participant so he's back uh yeah man i'm just kind of going through it um Real quick, I'm just looking for main players. Uh, Rashad Bateman is questionable with a foot. Uh, you got J.K. Dobbins is out with a knee.
6: They activated um Gus Edwards for the first
4: time this season. Dip, dip, Gus dip. the bus. Uh, you have Gerard Bernhardt. He's out with a groin uh, for anyone who might have him. Uh, let's see, Jamar Chase. If anybody was wondering, he is now a full participant as of right now, so yeah, he, he better be. Yeah, he's not a questionable or anything right now, just, so, just you know, just letting everybody know. Dude been getting uh, me 12s all year and finally got for, me at 30. For week. us, uh, we only have Quiddy and, Pay and Shaq that's out. And Shaq is, uh, if anybody doesn't know, um. That was Frank making that decision. Shaq wanted to play, but Frank wanted to keep him from hurting himself even more. Also, Kiki Cootie is out with a concussion still. Um, Yeah, that's for us. And then for tomorrow, for Tennessee, they're missing Joe Jones, Nate Davis. They're also going to miss Torrey Carter and Zach Cunningham. Bud Dupree is going to play. Amani Cooper is back. So those are some people we need to keep an eye on for tomorrow. Uh, Julio Jones is out with a knee injury. That sounds about right. It's average. Uh, camera break, injured out with a games. neck. Bro, I used to call him pulled, pulled pork hamstrings, Julio Jones, man, because that man just <laughs> constantly got messed up hamstrings, bro. Something I was going on with those before. legs. People
6: was talking about, oh, yeah, I want him on the Colts, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was nah.
4: like, dude's going to play three games. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so Baker Mayfield for the Panthers is uh, doubtful with an ankle. Christian McCaffrey is no longer
3: on the Panthers, so hope everybody knows that one. Uh, that's, God, that's one this, less, list is, this list is so one, long. That's one less guy on uh, Carolina's injury report.
4: Yeah, but now he's on the Niners. Um,
3: <laughs> Kenny Galladay
4: uh, and Kadarius Tony are out. Um, are they
5: healthy scratches? Cause they weren't traded. Or are no, they actually,
4: one. Uh, Kenny Galladay's out with a knee injury, and Kadarius Tony's out with a hamstring. So the issue is, I guess, uh, Kenny Galladay
6: has some issues with Brian Dayball, and Brian Dayball has some issues with Kenny Galladay not playing hard, and uh, he's also been hurt at the same time. And then uh, with uh, Kadarius Tony, he's just not been healthy since, like, since he's came into the league. It's almost like a Paris Campbell situation, except his hasn't been like crazy injuries. It's just he just hasn't right. been healthy. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. So uh, Marvin Jones for the Jaguars is questionable with a hamstring. Uh, Agnew is out with a knee injury. So, I know a lot of people probably have Agnew because he's pretty solid. He's an all-around player. So, if anybody's watching and has Agnew on fantasy, he's out. DJ Chart
6: just got put on IR, too, for anybody who has him.
4: Yep. Uh, Randall Cobb for uh, the Packers is out with an ankle. He was just put on IR?
6: Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's not listed. On and they just, uh, they just activated – um
4: Sammy Watkins.
6: Sammy Watkins, yeah,
4: yep, because uh, Christian Christian Watson is also out with a hamstring. Yep. I can't believe um, it. I
6: wanted Christian Watson to the
4: Colts, and he's been hurt all year too. Yeah, thank God. Jeez, uh, we need him. So Jonathan Williams, uh, running back, is out with a knee injury. Carson Wentz is out with a right finger. You know, of everyone course. knows he just got surgery. Uh, Diami <laughs> Brown is out with a groin. <laughs> Uh we have
5: can't play Elijah Elijah Moore
4: Elijah Moore with the Jets is out. His is not injury related. It is a personal matter. So Elijah No, he
5: wants traded. That's where I was reading. Elijah Moore
4: requested a trade. He wants out of there. So he's out. So I figured that when it said personal matter, but he's he's not playing tomorrow. Yeah. They sent Um, him home for
3: practice too. They didn't even let him practice this week. Yeah, they trying to keep that. They're trying to keep that. Russell Wilson is out.
4: Let me try to get through this as fast as
3: possible. Wait,
6: who's the
5: uh, starter in Denver? Uh it's probably
4: uh, it
6: is um it is Ryan. What was his name? I just seen it. Rip he got a weird ass name.
5: Is it a Ripkin?
6: No, I want to say it's, a... it's, a Ripken. Ripken Rip... it's
5: Rip... uh the Mark Rip- Ripkin son. It's
6: Yeah, Ripkin.
4: Yeah.
5: It's Mark Ripian's nephew. Cool. All
4: right, here we go. Uh, so for the Raiders, you got Mac Hollins is uh, questionable with a heel. Uh, you also have Hunter Renfro is questionable with a hip, and then this is a big one: Darren Waller is out with a hamstring. Is he really? Jesus. Christ. Yeah, he's out with a hamstring. All right. So for the Seahawks, Tyler Lockett is questionable. At least with, he didn't uh, play us like last week. Tyler Lockett is questionable with a hamstring. Uh Penny Hart is question or is doubtful with a hamstring.
6: Brock, our uh, left tackle this week will be Dennis Kelly again.
4: Yes, sir. And then you have, for the Chargers, you have Donald Parham is out. Josh Palmer is out. Joshua Kelly is out. Those guys aren't top guys. so. Uh, but the Chargers right now, their injury report is extensive. So their their injury any,
6: report is literally just uh, Keenan Allen. They need Keenan Allen back. They do not look the same without him.
4: Yeah, but they also don't look the same with half of their starters being out, bro. Like, they're missing a lot of people. They've got people on IR and – that yeah, aren't no, even listed right here. Like they're, they're, they've got the injury bug this year, man.
6: Definitely true. But that's what happens when you put a bunch of names <laughs> on paper and everybody picks them to go to the Super Bowl. That's
4: facts. That's facts. So there's no one significant missing from the Chiefs in the 49ers game that's not listed here. I don't know who's on IR. Doesn't show here. So moving to the Steelers Dolphins game. Let's see. Uh, Steven Sims. I don't know if anybody's got him, but he's out with a hamstring for the Steelers. And then for the Dolphins. Let me go through this long ass list. Holy shit. Uh yeah, nobody. All right. It's long. Tua? nobody big. 2 was not listed. 2 is, Tua. is back. Wow. He Tua's be, back. He will be playing uh Monday
6: night versus the Steelers. Or Sunday. No, Monday night. Monday night. No, it's, it's Sunday. Sunday. Is it Sunday? Okay, Sunday. It's
4: Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, at 8 8:20. Uh Monday night you game for them. the Bears. For the Bears and the Patriots. I don't know why. Uh, for the Patriots, you have Nelson Aguilar is questionable with a hamstring. Kendrick Bourne is questionable with a toe. Uh, Damian Harris is listed on the on the report, but he was a full participant in the last practice, so his game status is just clear. He's playing. Uh, Bears have no injuries reported. The only yeah, team in the NFL who has no injuries reported. All right.
6: That's because they don't try to play. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what? I like Justin Fields. All right, I yeah, mean, alone. All right,
6: uh, I mean, he's the only one that tries to play. I mean, everybody else. <laughs> hey, so from
4: what I'm expecting, our offensive line to look to go ahead and caveat on the what uh what uh Demarco answered for Brock is I believe it's going to be the same as it was last week, and I also am expecting the same type of game plan. Um, considering where ten- where Tennessee is at, but we'll, we're going to talk about Jags real quick. And here's a play that I want to put up on the screen real quick that I I believe is actually really pivotal uh, to the success of that uh, final drive. This was – we were out of – Everybody's been going crazy with this video. This video is just –
6: Oh, no, no, that's not No, this isn't
4: the video. This is a different video. I recorded this it's video different.
6: myself. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I was thinking it was the one that was going viral on, like, all the Colts platforms about the throw Matt maybe. Yo, that's
5: that Kylan – Kylan Granson had, like, yeah. that inside release. Yeah. Yes. And then yep. corner yes. flipped his hips thinking he was breaking inside. Yep. And he busted it back this, out.
4: This play was pivotal because this play was a third and long play. And this was the play that got us up there, right? And then we had that run play where – Matt Ryan tripped and then he handed it off to Philip Lindsay. He didn't gain anything. And then Alec Pierce, you know, went off. But this, like, this play here was pretty much kept that drive alive, man. And just the way Kylan Granson runs that, look at that. Completely just, yeah. This, I mean, nobody talked about this. Play. You know who that is, right? That's the
6: that's the rookie linebacker, Devin Lloyd, who everybody was comparing to uh, Shaq Leonard. Yeah, and he just got – he got toasted by, uh, you know, Colin Grayson. Oh, also, I didn't know if you guys heard. Who was it? I want to say it was Devin Lloyd, but it might have been uh, – I think it was Trevon Walker. They they had an um, uh, uh, interview with him, and he was. they asked him how did it feel to go up against this uh, Colts offensive line, and he basically said our offensive line was barbecue chicken. And they ended up I, with no sacks.
4: I saw, I saw this, right, and uh, me and another guy went – we were arguing with somebody on Twitter about it. I don't know if you if you follow the same guy I followed, but this dude was, was literally saying that our, T- our offensive line played garbage last week because we lit up six hits. Six hits and 58 targets F- or 58 dropbacks. You could tell me that's garbage. Was that a Colts fan? I mean, fan?
5: he hasn't watched Colts football because – That I, was a Colts
4: fan. It was a Colts fan. Like, I don't get, understand I – mean,
6: well, see, that's the same thing that I was telling you guys about uh, the whole Gilmore thing that they said he was getting cooked because he gave up three catches for 40 yards. And it's just stuff like that. It's like with Colts fans, sometimes you just can't win. Even when they give you a win, you still yeah. just can't be happy for anything.
3: It's not easy when they don't understand the concept of football either. And 58 times offensive linemen are having to go on their back feet and block for extended periods of time. Well, You're going to get So I will it. I
4: will make a comment on that, though, because Matt part played garbage. All right, if you, I went back and watched the tape and and that that prior was terrible. Yeah, the I watched the reason on that too. The only reason that we were okay with that was because 43 of those 58 passes were under 10 yards. Under 10 yards. Quick cross routes, quick slants, so, quick outs. Uh I I mean, a DJ, uh, you know, alone had 10 catches as a running back. So so my, of the uh, my thing
6: to battle back against the whole uh whatever Colts fan would be arguing there is just uh put it put put this into perspective for fans. Me too. Out,
4: me too. I can't so, stand
6: it. Uh, so uh Matt Ryan had 58 passes, six QB hits, no sacks, and an average time of 2.6 to get passes off, which would be I think that's uh, about middle of the league. I want to say about 14 in the league. Um Lawrence uh Trevor Lawrence had twenty two passes. He had uh I want to say it was about uh nine pressures, four sacks with an average of two point three seconds of getting the ball out. <laughs> so I'm like, he's getting the ball out fast as one of the t- the fastest times in the league. Still get sacks four times. That's just puts sc- colts fan uh complaining in perspective there
4: A hey, quick update uh the phillies are not too far behind anymore all right after the first inning it's four to three all right i can take a little breather
6: all right let's go <laughs> so yeah that's just that's just my thing there man colts fans just love to complain but they don't really put football in perspective and you look at how does trevor lawrence get the ball off faster than matt ryan and supposedly right now has a better offensive line and still gets sacked four times. So Colts fans want to complain. They can go ahead and do that. We'll go ahead and take our wins. I also agree. get a 102 passer rate.
4: I agree. And, and if you watch the tape right No, I know DeMarco did, and I definitely did this week. Um, I found some time to watch it while I was at work, um, even though I had a busy week, but I was able to watch some tape yeah. in between some time. Um, A lot lot of our passing plays, uh, there wasn't just one person open. Matt had a multitude of options on almost every play, specifically the Paris Campbell uh, touchdown. Uh, I believe that was in the second quarter, Uh, the pylon touchdown. The pylon touchdown. If you look at it, I believe it was Jelani Woods was directly behind him and was wide open right after the top of the route. Just wide open. Yep, back corner. (laughs) I was like, so there were were multiple people open over the field, and that was on multiple plays, man. And just the way that Frank schemed last week I think was phenomenal. I, I understand that most of us don't like the fact that Matt threw 58 times, but if you really look at it, 43 of those passes were under 10 yards. You can really look at that as 43 of those passes were just extended run plays.
6: But I mean, honestly, Albert. this is this is exactly the offense that we've been asking for, though. That was the Philip Rivers offense. That's literally how we ran with Uncle Phil, um. But just with some more runs with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah.
4: I mean, go ahead, it, go go ahead, Damon. I know Damon was trying to say something. Yeah. I,
3: I hope I know y'all were excited. It was a variation of it of that power toss that they ran. I think it was uh, Deion Jackson lo- lined up left of him in the shotgun, and it was almost like a read. Uh, it was like a really long stretch out of shotgun. I would say outside zone play to Deion Jackson. Did y'all get to catch that or saw that? Cause I know that make y'all happy because we're always won yeah. that power toss to the right-hand side of JT. And he brought it out just a little bit. And of course it went for a first down. Of course. Let's let's
4: give some love to Deion Jackson, Deion Jackson, man, that man just last week stepped into a role, you know, and was able to power his way through. And he was Kyle Brant's, uh, Angry runner of the week. Angry runner of the week. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, I mean, that, and that's great. That's something we needed, and I, it hyped me up because he, he's our third back.
3: And we had a, he had a couple runs like that. He had a couple runs where he lowered his shoulder for a first down, I think, on that same drive, didn't he? Because he came out, right? I think he came out for a play because he's banged up, went back in and scored, or is that a different drive? That
6: was, uh, that was towards the fourth quarter. I think you're talking about a different drive, though, before this uh, touchdown.
3: It was a goal line. I think it was a goal line situation. They were on like a ten or twelve yard line and it was like a halfback draw, I'ma say, right up the middle. And he laid out a linebacker and then got a first down.
6: Yeah, that was around third quarter.
4: Yes, man.
6: And then uh Brock, yeah, uh Jelani. Man, I love Jelani, man. We gotta get him some more playing time. I think I think the coaching staff is having trouble with who they're gonna put in with the formations because of the size difference that we got at tight end. But well, going from Mo to Jelani to then Granson, the play styles are just different. And so that's the tough part. But I'd love to see for Jelani in some more. It's either this guy's catching touchdowns or catching 15-yard passes. So uh, I'd love to see him in the game more. And then uh, Ash, I don't think Deion Jackson will take uh, Hines' spot just because the way Frank is. But I think we definitely see him start taking some carries away from Hines um and start getting in the mix a little bit.
3: I Indeed. mean it's 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 a best situation whenever Granson's not dropping shit. He's literally I mean that there's a couple catches. That one before half DeMarco, I think it was a diving catch, right sideline, looked like a comeback route. I think Matt Oh you know know the Jelani one? No, this was Kylan. Oh, the, that Kyle was Kylan. Rester? It was right before the half. Yeah, I, when, when Kylan's catching balls, it makes it pretty hard for them to to do that because yeah. I think Kylan's release, being a converted receiver, is so solid compared to other people. And with that release time being so quick, when he got a tight end that's going to be open, lined up against a linebacker, it's an easy toss. Because it's
6: tough. It's tough. It's like it's almost like putting a, a receiver against a linebacker. So it's like you can't really cover him. And then if you put a safety on him, well, then you still got other tight ends or other weapons that you're gonna leave one on one with Michael Pittman Jr. or Alec Pierce. For I mean, it's it's it, that's why I said I would love to be offensive coordinator for this damn offense because, like, the mismatches that this offense should create is scary. If if our if Frank Wright is on his game and Matt Ryan right now, and depending on our future quarterback, I think can be so scary. Let's,
4: like, let's like That's ball a big player. if,
5: though. So. So. That's a big if. I know you guys are like all happy as hell with, you know, Frank, but I'll be the the, the angry asshole man. Like, it's one game. That's the biggest thing with, with Frank. His play calling is always inconsistent. He has like one good game, one bad game, one good game.
4: But here's the here's the other one thing game. too. I mean, I, guess, so, I mean, he, he has been like that. But I mean, he's also gone on runs, man. He's he's also gone from being one and five to ten and six. You know what I mean? And as long as 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 long as he can put the trust in the quarterback, because that literally the last sequence to win that game last week was Frank putting trust in Matt Ryan. Right, and I think that, that all.
5: All the credit to Matt Ryan. I don't put any of that on Frank and saying Frank was an offensive genius. No, That's I'm Matt Ryan think, being a vet saying think, he wants to win it. I'm not saying I,
4: think I think he called a good play. I think he called a good
6: no. no. I think Zach's point to this is is, is the inconsistencies worry him. Because, like, think about the right. low starts that we've had. How long is it going to be that we get settled right. in slow starts before it ends up being some some four and 12 seasons or four and 13 right. seasons? Right. Really it, it, it all about. starts on the head coach. And, yeah, those quite things frankly do worry me as well. But that's just like what we talked about before. Like, Frank, like if we dive deeper into the Jacksonville tape, um, we always start off as this like this 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 casual team that's okay with getting pushed around in like the first week of the season or the first quarter of the season or first game, first few games before we actually start to think, okay, maybe we do need to turn it up to another level. You well, know. God, um,
4: I feel no. you. I feel you. I feel so, you. And, and I'm not. I'm not giving as much credit to Frank as I am to to players. And I and I think ultimately right. going on a run and making Frank look good is going to come down to the execution of what these players do. And so, that's right.
6: what like. And that's the same thing. That that's still be our
4: coach. And and that's the same thing with when we started one and five and went ten and six. Ultimately, it came down to how this team executed. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say this right now. If we plugged in Andrew Luck into the offense we have now, with the defense we have now, I'm sorry about that. I don't think there's any team that's beaten us. We'd be, in up, my opinion. We'd
6: be up there with Kansas City at 29 points per game.
4: That's what I'm saying. We, we'd be, I mean, we were averaging over 30 points a game with Andrew Luck, with receivers that were, I mean, oh, practice goodness. squad type receivers, you know. Dontrell Inman. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I love my guy Dontrell Hidman. I, I thought but, that guy was a clutch vet let's, uh, let,
4: let's let's go ahead I I, I mean I'm still with Deion Jackson And I just want to give some love to Deion Jackson So I just went and snagged And there's him. a bolt of electricity
2: That came out of the sky Through the roof of the dome When Deion Jackson got the carry And big man Andrew Catalan Had the call, roll it Jackson right up the middle Lowers his shoulder And takes it in Hey Kyle Brad That might be an angry run Deion Jackson with the touchdown That might be an angry run And Catalan you might be a legend Peter Andrew Catalan from The Syracuse Syracuse. By way of Milburn (laughs) High School The Millers Catalan You legend He's, He's the cat But he's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. And so does my man, DM. People want to know, what is Angry Runs all about? How do I get on Angry Runs? It's about this. It is one man versus one man with one goal line. Who wants it? Sure, it's about stiff-arming people in oblivion. Of course it is. But it's also about this. He's a professional. He's a professional. What's going to happen? Unroll it. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Deion Jackson from Duke. A Duke guy looking like Elton Brand on the low block. Unbelievable. Look at this thing. Deion Jackson says afterwards, he says to run over someone on the goal line. That's what running backs love to do. That's what we all dream about. This was his first start ever. He said he had tears coming out of the tunnel. That is what dreams are made of. I love it. And let me shout out the Colts. Running back coach Scotty Montgomery, also from Duke. And, of course, their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. I love this run. I love this call. The Colts are sick of losing to the Jaguars. So he says, look at this. And then the spike. And that is absolutely awesome. That is unbelievable. What do we have next? Someone's Talking to me about what's next. Let's go for a vote. I think we go.
4: Everybody knows what was voted. Deion Jackson got the angry run of the week. Man, Kyle Brandt hypes me up with those angry runs. <laughs> it's just, Jonathan Taylor, I think, has like five or six of those, to be honest.
6: Yeah, he uh, he actually had one. I think his first one was against Jacksonville as well. He blew up like two Jacksonville defenders in, uh, in the same play. That was pretty, pretty crazy to see uh, I remember Deion that. Jackson get a very similar one. I wish. Yeah, I wish that was Kyle, 60's rookie year.
4: I wish Kyle Brandt did the angry runs uh, like ten years ago when we had Andrew Luck at quarterback. I haven't seen it ten years ago. I think it was like nine years ago, eight years ago when he w- we were playing Denver. And uh, no, it wasn't Denver. Who was it? Who was it? I think it was. I was Denver. gonna
6: say I, gonna say, I don't Denver. know about Denver because I think that's the game where he got the last red right spleen.
4: It was. That was it. And it was the play that he got it on. He trucked two linebackers. No, I lied. It was Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati, he got – it was Cincinnati, he trucked two linebackers. It was Maluga and the other dude that they had. And he yeah, and he trucked Vont, them
3: both. That was a of shutout. Them. That was a shutout, right? Burpins. Yeah, we
4: destroyed them that Y'all game. Y'all remember
3: Vontae Davis laid out Giovanni Bernard two plays in a row? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That
6: was a, that was a different game, Zach. That, that was against the Bengals.
4: That's what we're talking about, the
3: Bengals. Oh, I thought you I, I corrected, oh, my it. I corrected bad. it. I corrected it. it. Okay, okay. Because okay. I remembered
6: Maluga.
4: I couldn't remember who he played for. You
3: guys he know what? After that
6: game, I went and bought me a Vontae Davis jersey because we've never had a corner that came up and hit like that. I still got that jersey. It's about three times smaller than, than, I, than I am now. <laughs> that was my favorite, That's my favorite Colts corner of all time. I love Vontae Davis. That's my guy.
4: Are you still ride with him after he retired at
6: halftime? Yep, because it wasn't with the Colts. It was with – Some Mm -hmm. other team that sucked. (laughs) The Bills. (laughs) It was was with the the, the Bills at the time they were. With the
5: emergence of Dion Jackson being a valuable, to me at least a valuable number two back, do you think that they will um, see a more limited role for Hines necessarily out of the backfield, or do you think it will be more of a – running true a running back by committee like JT on the first two downs. And then the third down is between,
6: you know, so whoever think, it is. I think this is going to be really telling about Frank Wright because you'll see a couple things come from this. And yep. and I don't see there's any way that Deion Jackson could just go back to being a, a sit-em guy because he really had right. a way to at least get himself like five carries a game or something like five touches a right. game. Whatever it is. But at the same time, you got to remember how elite uh, Naeem Hine was when Phillip Rivers was our quarterback. And and then obviously JT is a three down pack. So that, that this yeah, behind
5: is in my opinion Hines is only available in the is only elite in the passing game. But mm-hmm. here's, the thing, here's the, l- the thing: in the, team, in the running the game, thing. we hold just on, run on. them straight up the butt.
4: So So let's see, let's see this right. Because if you look at how Frank called the game last week, if we had Naheem Hines last week, I'm telling you we would have ran up the score because. Like if you if you look at the amount of times we ran swing passes, the amount of times Deion Jackson was the first target on on these pass plays, I mean Matt Ryan, I think I think at least eight of those ten plays Matt
3: Ryan took the snap and instantly turned and threw it to Deion. But they would have schemed it? for that too. They would have schemed. Right. They would have a different game for Naheem Hines. They right, really- but
5: with the emergence of Deion, you're essentially taking away the valuability. Uh, the, the validity of Hines, in my opinion, because Hines is is in an incredibly limited role. He's a scat back, or he's a receiving option out of the backfield. So you have Dion, who's a bigger back, can do it both, and is a true number two, like JT, or like you know JT being a one. So you've essentially limited Hines and essentially handcuffed him and pigeonholed him because. Are you gonna so, play all three at the same time? Well, I see, I
6: exactly what you're saying right there is is the reason that I'm saying that Frank is gonna find out a lot about Frank Wright, because exactly the way you're thinking is exactly the way defense are gonna think. So if you sit there and think that every time Hines is gonna come into the game, that is going to be a passing play, that is our advantage.
5: Yeah, but Hines tendencies can. usually is because Frank but, doesn't break tendencies. But
6: that's but it's not, even, but yeah, it's yeah, not even but it's not even only yeah, that can't if, let it be you, a tendency against your own offensive strategy. If you, look,
4: if, you look at, if you look now that Deion Jackson has this, you know, he, his name is now known across the NFL, right? Now it's going to make it more complicated. Do, do we stop giving Hines the ball more? Probably not. Why? Because how, many, how often have, has he touched the ball this year? Um, but if you really think about it, now it's just going to confuse defenses more because who are they going to game plan against, Deion Jackson or not in line?
5: I hope he puts all three him. in the game at one formation.
4: Oh, I, yeah. I agree.
5: Put, Jeez. Sam, Jeez. put Sammy at quarterback and just run the old triple option. Like, let's put it back old- in the pistol and go crazy. <laughs> like,
4: let's, go the, <laughs> go to, let's, let's go to the wing tee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's, let's go ahead and <laughs> answer this real quick. Uh, I was just Brock, about to say that. Rock just uh, asked, uh, what do you think about Sam making QB2 and having schemes built for him to be involved? i want to be completely honest. I've been calling bullshit since the moment he was moved up to QB two. Everyone here can vouch. I said it Yeah. when they said, oh, no, he's moved up so we can have scheme reasons. And I said, no, that you don't do that. You don't drop Nick Foles, who is a, a Super Bowl MVP to QB three. If Sam Ellinger is not dominating at practice. I'm just saying that's from coaching experience. That's from watching the NFL as long as I have. Uh, I don't think he was brought up because of scheme reasons, and there was also a report today that I, I don't remember who brought it to the So I'll, I can go. You ahead. can go ahead and comment So yeah, So Ashley sent a, a
6: message to us. It was posted by uh, Colts Cave on Instagram. Um, this was per, uh, Jesus, what's his name? Uh, per Matt Bowen, I believe it was. <clears throat>
5: 1070 Kevin, fan. Oh,
6: Ke- Kevin, Kevin Bowen. Um, Colts owner Jim Ursay had some influence on the Sam Ellinger being moved to QB2 uh, dem- and demoting Nick Foles because he wasn't happy with the way Matt Ryan was playing and felt Sam Ellinger has a higher ceiling. So that was the whole reasoning for this um, and behind Sam going to number two. Um and so, uh, to answer your question, pretty much for the schemes being built for him, I, I don't necessarily know if the schemes are built for him. This 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 scheme has been transformed a lot. This scheme was uh, was honestly built for uh, Andrew Luck type quarterback. So I think Sam has the capability to run it, but you need to be a QB with definite arm strength, which Sam doesn't naturally have. Um, and then you also got to have the experience to be able to run it. So I don't know if we can necessarily trust Sam on a, every. Uh, every play regular basis. So me and Zach so, actually had a conversation about this earlier privately. Um, and we were just talking about what, do we think Sam is actually that guy? Could he be our QB one? And from my perspective, I was thinking back a few years ago when we had uh Sam and Jacob Eason. And we, before we traded for Carson Wentz, I was of the idea. We should keep the two quarterbacks, have them compete and just see where the, ch- the chips may fall rather than going down the, QB hole that we're currently in right now. I'm not trying to take anything away from Matt Ryan. I think he's good, but our offensive line has started to come down a bit because of the fact that we don't have the quarterback. We're not set in stone right now. So um, that was just my thought, but I guess we'll see where it goes. Hopefully we can beat the Titans and we don't have to see Sam at all this year.
4: So what I, uh, <clears throat> my, my thoughts on Sam being QB too and what uh, everyone in the organization is saying to kind of like uh, sugarcoat it, Right. I, I heard Frank say multiple times this week in interviews uh, he did it on the round table when fans were in the round table, fans can post on Twitter because they go to Twitter and they answer questions from fans, right? Matt Taylor and Frank Reich do that every Monday night. Um, so if any of you get time to go on there, I would say, go ahead and ask a question. All you got to do is hashtag round table, uh, and they'll answer it. Um, but Frank said, Hey, you know, we brought him – what's up? Uh, you can
6: also listen to it on Spotify at oh, uh, the Colts official podcast as well. I, I, do,
4: I do listen to it on Spotify. Okay. I listen to it every Tuesday morning. No, I was
6: just telling anybody because you said they could ask questions, so I was just letting them know they could also listen to that conversation. So, so, you, yeah, can listen,
4: so you can listen to it live at the same time, and, you can, and at the same time you go on Twitter, you, you, you ask your question, you hashtag Matt Taylor uh, and his crew – kind of pick out the best questions, and then Frank answers them. Um, and Frank Frank has been saying for the last week and a half that the reason they brought Sam Ellinger up is because they wanted to have something similar to what they have with Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett. I got into a little spat. I'm going to call it a spat. I don't know why, but I want to call it that. I got into it with Stephen Holder. Everyone knows who Stephen Holder is. Dude's a douchebag. Sure. Um, he likes to downgrade fans. He likes to talk shit to fans like he's – and he's a writer. He's supposed to he, – he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fucking professional sports journalist, and this guy wants to talk down to he, fans. He has,
6: the, he has the blue dot. He's verified.
4: Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and he said this. He, he said oh, fans are getting too crazy about why Sam Ellinger was brought up. And I said, okay, so instead of you bashing fans, how about you give us a reason? And he was like, well, I literally said it. And I was like, dude, that's stupid. That reasoning makes no sense because if you look at Sam Ellinger Sam Ellinger's not as tall as Matt Ryan. So when it comes to QB sneaks, I would trust Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger in a QB sneak situation. You know what I'm saying? If it's like a yard or a yard, or you know, within that time, within that yard or a half yard, whatever, I'm gonna trust Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger to get that. The only
5: the sneaks. only thing schematically that I think you put Sammy in for is okay. like, yeah, the zone read. But and, but then know, that's dumb. Like the that's, indie special, but
2: then that would that's stupid. be stupid. But then right. that's stupid. Why? Because Absolutely.
4: The moment you put Sam Ellinger in, the defense, you'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> Mobile it's Exactly, yeah. It's oh, exactly
5: specific. what we did to, to Jacoby. You would always say, hey, we yeah. put Jacoby in the most obvious systems of fail, like when we had Jacoby you know, QB2.
4: And and does Sam Ellinger the Sam, the Sam have a stronger arm than Matt Ryan? Probably no. not, in my opinion. No. So, I mean, we used him in situations of Hail Mary. We used him in situations of QB sneaks. That's it. Why would you? Why would you take Nick Foles if Nick Foles is better than Sam? Why would you put him as QB three if you planned, you know, uh, for schematic reasons? Get the fuck As I said, this, dude, I'm not as, falling for it. As I like, said, this
5: is a Jim. This is a Jim Irsay special. This is Jim Irsay trying to be GM and owner, and I think he needs to just be the owner and worry about you know
2: owning so things in,
5: and,
4: and in building opinion, his team that way. In my opinion, I think that the idea was smarter only because, okay, let's say Matt Ryan does get hurt because he was getting beat up, you know, because the offensive line wasn't protecting up until last week, which Matt Pryor still sucked. But the rest of the offensive line was doing their job. See, I'll give, I'll give Matt Pryor credit where it's due. When it was one-on-one and he didn't have to block a stunt, he was good. But he still got kind of pushed back, but he was, he was able to hold his own. But once they stunted, the man was done. Would you rather have Nick Foles, who's also getting old and is also a statue, or would you rather have Sam Ellinger step into the game with a terrible offensive line and be able to be mobile? It's the
5: mobility s- that, that Sam got moved for. I mean, yes. it's,
6: that's one hundred percent,
4: one hundred percent. That's it. That's it. So it's the
6: capability to not have to worry about every single rusher. Right. You can right. kind, of, you can yes, kind of make right. the you can make the defense play eleven on
4: eleven rather than eleven on ten. So. I'm going to put this up here because I hope Stephen Holder sees it. I 100% agree that dude is a
3: jackass.
4: (laughs) Stephen Holder believes that he is the smartest man on the planet Earth. And you know what? I hope he does see this because we're actually streaming on Twitter. So I hope this man sees this. If you're watching this from Twitter, share this. Tag him. Dude's a jackass. Come after me. I don't care. I'll school you any day. Um, Dude's an idiot, man. Like – Everything he posts up is, like, the same cookie-cutter shit that Frank says, and it's the shit that drives us nuts. And I'm like, bro, you, indie, can't, you can't be that media, stupid. media, man. This is, why I like, this is why I like Zach Keeper. This is why I like Kevin Bowen, because those two, they'll actually come out of that box of, like, hey, this is what you want to hear, you know, and they'll, they'll tell you how the fuck it is.
5: That's indie media, though. It's incredibly soft. Yeah, like, I, you I, know.
4: I, I thought it's Stephen Horner's with ESPN, isn't he?
5: He's yeah, looks, no. he athletic.
4: Uh, athletic. Uh, Mike, Mike Wells is ESPN.
5: You know, like Damon can't stand Dan Dockage, but I respect Dan Dockage because, you know, no.
4: like I like it.
5: Because he asks, you know, the to tough questions. Yeah. Yeah. He's real. Yeah.
4: That's that's what I'm saying. Is
3: he long, though? Bro, I go on he, Twitter and Hardly Twitter, ever.
5: It's why I have the Grigson versus Ballard debate and people get angry. But I'm like, Grigson won. What does Ballard give you? Five
6: If Ballard had Andrew Luck, he he'd be winning too. I don't, I don't, I don't Twitter. Like I don't. I don't like that argument by Dan Mitrice. I, I hate it. I think <laughs> it's stupid. I don't really like the guy. Uh, I don't. All I, don't all really, I noticed. Like, so if I, you, I if, you, if, you if you take into account if you take into account quarterbacks and think about how many coaches and GM jobs that have been saved due to a great quarterback, It it, really doesn't, it, it really doesn't make the argument. So I hate the fact that
4: he even goes there.
3: All right, Bill O'Brien. Let's let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and start <laughs>
4: talking about Tennessee tomorrow. So Tennessee, there's a, there's a few key things uh, that I've heard this week about Tennessee. Right. Uh, one, their pass rush is phenomenal. Right. So that matchup between uh, Matt Pryor, because you know what, and this is another thing that I got into another spat. I'll say that with Stephen Holder. Um, he said that the key matchup is Quentin Nelson and, and Jeffrey Simmons. You're high as shit if you think Mike Grable is going to keep Jeffrey Simmons over Quentin Nelson when you got Matt Pryor on the other side. What do
6: you know? Apparently, apparently if you write on paper, you don't think the D-line will move around, I guess. (laughs) I
4: was like, bro, I I am willing to bet my paycheck that Jeffrey Simmons is going to go against Matt Pryor more often than he will against Quentin Nelson tomorrow. If you see the tape from last week, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be there. Um, but yeah, and then, so their pass rush, I believe is, uh, fit right now. Um, but their secondary is dead last. So if Colts fans were expecting to see, uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, a lot tomorrow with his, with him being back uh, you guys might as well just go ahead and put your Matt Ryan jerseys on, or whatever receiver you have.
6: Because or your uh, Carson Wentz jersey with the tape,
4: yeah, with the tape, well, whatever. I, mean,
5: I hope, and I'll say this from a play calling standpoint: I want you know the Colts to run JT early. I mean, put the ten guys in the box, the nine guys in the box, and then let Matt eat because if we can run the ball on Tennessee, then we can do whatever we want because so, they'll be too worried about stopping. JT and, I like and that. then, you know, Matt I like, just
3: I
4: like hits that. him with the cheese. I like that because here's the thing, right? You can't run within the tackles against Tennessee. You can't. If you run within the tackles, you're not going to gain shit. You have to run to the outside. You have to get to the perimeter, right? So that's what, that's what Frank has to dial up. And, and the thing is, is you can't stretch it too far. Right, you can't just run stretch plays all goddamn day in a you know with a single back formation. You have to be able to uh, tomorrow. I expect somebody to be in that backfield lead blocking for Jonathan Taylor. If I'm Frank, that's what I'm doing. If I'm trying to get that run game going, there has to be well, somebody back
3: there. His Go ahead, his It'll pass be, blocking help. His pass blocking help is going to help a bunch too. Because I watched our boy Philip Lindsay look like a crash test dummy. <laughs> Picking up multiple defenders out of shotgun these last couple weeks. So that's going to help a ton. I agree. Scrimmage yards or
6: total yards, Ash? Or rushing yards, I mean. Scrimmage yards or, or uh, rushing yards?
4: Yeah, so Ashley here. So remember, guys, I said, please read the comments on right? Spotify. Uh, last week I, watched, I listened to our Spotify when I put it on, and DeMarco was answering a bunch of stuff. From the comments, and he wasn't reading them off so, like he's just talking. No one knows what the actual question is. <laughs> so, for all of our listeners, as we're getting, as we're getting our, our, our you know, we're getting out there. Uh, Ashley's asking who will have more yards. More, JT more or rushing
6: yards. More rushing yards between JT or Henry. So now
4: she's asking for rushing, JT or Henry, and I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to say Henry is going to have more rushing yards than JT tomorrow.
5: No, oh, absolutely, 100%. He is their offense.
4: Yeah. He's 100% their offense. Why? Because their passing game is also bottom of the league. Also Ryan, tied in. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is smart. More. He doesn't turn the ball over, but he's got no one to throw to. He only has Robert Woods. They just lost Burks, so Burks is out. So they don't have him. Uh, and really, that comes down to some key matchups that I have to talk about later. But, um, yeah, like – Derrick Henry is their offense, and he's starting to look like the old Derrick Henry. So the, the, the key matchup here is it depends on what DeForest Buckner is able to do because last game we didn't have DeForest Buckner. Uh, last time we played Tennessee, not the last game. The last time we played Tennessee, we didn't have DeForest Buckner. I mean,
3: to me defen- – Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead, Dan. I mean, defensively, what do y'all think? You're good. Go ahead. (laughs) You're good. Go ahead.
5: (laughs) I think this game literally comes down to coaching and adjustments. I mean, I look for Tennessee to do what they always do, come out when something's not working, and find something that works and pound it down our throats because Colts are soft and can't stop it. And then it's, you know, Frank Reich. Either he, well, this is the game plan we had and I don't know how to do, differentiate from a game plan and won't make the adjustments necessary and won't do what, you know, he does. Or Frank coaches the game of his life and, you know, we completely switch everything up and we win this game. But it so, literally all starts and ends with coaching and the appropriate adjustments. I want to I wanna say
4: something that you, that you said, right, that Frank doesn't like to de- – that he doesn't seem to know how to deviate from the game plan. And this is why, right, and I heard this on Tuesday morning when I listened to Roundtable. Frank answered a question, and he said it like this. I don't remember what the question was, but I remember his answer because it kind of was like a ticking time bomb in my head, and I was like, this is why I don't like Frank, right? This is, this is why I'll, I'll never be a huge fan of Frank. Um, I love the team, but Frank is just, I mean, when he wins, cool. When he loses, I hate you. When you win, I just don't hate you as much. Uh he said it like right. this. I don't know the stats. So, meaning, right? He doesn't pay attention to how many times he throws the ball. He doesn't pay attention to how many times he runs the ball. And I get that. Coaches don't focus on that. As a coach, I've never focused on that. But when he when he said that when he goes in halftime, not every game, right? He said it like this. Sometimes, it's not always. That at halftime he'll look at the stats. Someone will come up to him with the stat sheet, tell him how many times he's thrown the ball, how many times he's ran the ball. So what he—they don't have someone
5: them, who charts plays. No, they do. Pass play, a run play. I would be communicating do. with him every game.
6: Facts. That's what, that's what they do, but he has to tell them at a certain point. So he's not going to want to sit there in his ear because he's also a play caller. So he can't tell you, hey, you've got seven passes now. Or you've got seven But, so he's but, gonna, got, but, he's but here's the thing.
4: Increments of a series. But my argument is, is he said specifically at halftime. At halftime is that's the time the, you need to be saying that. Yeah,
5: that's the perfect time to be adjusting things right. and saying, I'm a little run heavy the first half. Let's hit the play action game and spread things out. Or, you know what, I was a little soft, you know, not running the ball. Let's see if we can gouge these guys up the middle or on the corners of the
4: defense. Right. And, and, and that, was, that, was some of the, that was one of the negative things that I heard this week after the win um, because someone asked him about, you know, how many times he's passed and, and all these things and how he kept passing in the second half. And he was like, well, this week I didn't know how much I was passing until the end of the game. I didn't know because I didn't look at it at halftime. I'm sorry, as a head coach, right? You have and a play caller,
5: right? I wouldn't you, care if he wasn't the head coach, but right, he's the play caller.
4: You have you have a, a certain amount of <laughs> assistants right. that are that are out there making whatever adjustments you need paid you, to do that. By the, the way, the first thing you should be doing at halftime is going up to the person who's keeping your stat sheet. How many times have I run the ball? How many times have I passed? What, what do you have written down? Let me see this. Let's go over this real quick so I can make my adjustments in 15 minutes. Let me get with my coaches. Right, That, that, that should be the main priority at halftime. It shouldn't be some kind of freaking pep talk. It shouldn't be. It needs to be, hey, man, I've thrown the ball you know, 28 times in the first half. Do I really want to throw the ball you know, 76 times in the second half? Or 66 times in a second? Do I want that? No, I don't.
5: I mean, if they're not having success with it, like, don't do it. It's one thing, you know, like last week, 58 passes and 46 of them were – We, we were had successful. success on them. We were right. successful. But, I mean, that blows my mind that Frank openly admitted. I mean, because what's the point – what does Marcus do then? If Frank calls the plays, what's Marcus doing? Right, he'd be the perfect. Right. He'd be the perfect one to chart run pass, run pass, run pass, right, run pass, and then you're right there. You're essentially Frank's right hand man. Right, give him every week, every game. I would be communicating that. That blows my mind.
4: Real quick, real quick, uh, Ashley. So roundtable is a show that Matt Ryan does or Matt Taylor does uh, every Monday night. Uh, it's pretty much him and Rick Venturi. uh somebody else I can't remember the name. Um, it's on the Colts official, podca- uh, Colts it's, official it's podcast. Colts official podcast. Um, and then uh, they they talk to Frank Wright every Monday night. Uh, they talk about the game. Uh, if it's not Monday night, they do a roundtable on Tuesday so that they can talk about. You know, our game was Monday night, right? Um, it's a good show. I honestly listen to damn near all of Matt Taylor's shows. Uh, ever since they announced him as the voice wow. of the Colts, I absolutely love him. He's a great guy. Uh, so if you if you can go on colts.com, you can listen to it. Uh, or if you have the Colts app, you can listen to it. Uh, you can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, I, listen I listen to it
6: every day. Every, every day. Whatever, whatever, whatever drops, show. I listen to J.J. Stankovic, Matt Laura, Jeffrey Gorman. I listen to all those guys. Hey, if,
4: if you don't listen to Rick Venturi, you need to. Um, this guy is damn near a genius when it comes to football. So if you don't listen to him, <laughs> you probably should. This man film studies from the moment the game's over until his shows – and then after the first show, he continues to film study. So all week, this man is constantly coming up with new stats that he noticed from watching films. So Rick Venturi is a hell of a guy. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what the roundtable is. That, that's what that so is. So
6: speaking of Rick Venturi, that brings me to my next thing uh, about what I'm looking for to this Colton Titans game. It brings you back from the Jags game. So just like you said, Frank Wright didn't mm-hmm. know uh, how many passes versus runs he had ran in that game uh, versus Jacksonville. <laughs> Um, we also, uh, what I saw that was very key for us in the running game was there was no adjustment. So, I mean, Jacksonville basically would have a strong side run. They had flopped the side, moved their tight end over completely. And our defense did not move at all. Like literally not even shifting from weak side to strong side, like no adjustment. Um, and so that was the thing for me. And I guess, uh. They pretty much didn't adjust the whole game. And that was Gus Bradley's first answer when he came up. He was like, we didn't adjust to it. And to me, I thought that was pretty crazy. That's something you'd see playing against maybe your son. You're playing against him on Madden if he's like five years old. That's something you see in high school or something. You see a formation. Keep running it you just don't know what to do and they just keep flipping the play. And you just don't adjust to it. So that is going to be my biggest thing is how are we going to adjust on the defensive side um, when things start to switch? Or So, so I, I want to say
4: uh, that one, that one running back that Jacksonville had, I think it was their third back. Was it J. Michael Hastings? Hastings. Jamal, yeah, him. That play specifically was just a perfectly drawn up play. Um that touchdown was basically created because of the way that the offensive line blocked down, took away all the gaps. Uh, our well, so, secondary well, – We so were if just, you go know,
6: and watch that again, they shifted that play from the left side to the right side, and nobody adjusted. So we literally only had one backer there that, was some, that ended up getting blocked, and that's why it burst open. Man. And this is
4: – and, and to me, that's one of those reasons why we missed Shaq. Right? Because that's ultimately on whoever's calling those adjustments defensively. And Shaq is one of those guys that would be like, "All right, well, they just called an adjustment. We're going to switch our adjustment. And the tough one is
6: we have a a new Defensive coordinator, so that's also the defensive coordinator but for him to communicate to his guy like, hey, you're calling plays, you got to be my eyes on the field. I need you to make this adjustment. This but
4: call when we see but you, but we we also have to remember that Bobby Okereke and you know Zaire Franklin aren't aren't used to that type of stuff. That that's Darius. Well, that's what I'm Shaq, saying. But one of those Shaq. guys, I mean, but we're six weeks in. One of you guys needs to be Shaq right now.
6: Like, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, I understand if it's like, if that's like year, week two, week three, 100%. but it's like, come on, bro. We're we're six weeks in. One of you guys at this point needs to be like, okay, I'm the guy. I'm making this call. I'm adjusting. So basically if something was to happen, you could be like, that was my fault. I made the wrong call. I thought I seen this and I and ended up being this boom story solved. But at this point in the season, like we're almost midway and you're telling me that we're just not adjusting for, for four quarters. For four quarters, for 60 minutes, you're telling me we don't even t- tell the line just to slide? Like, hey, bro, tight end's not over there no more. He's over here, slide. Like, just to slide. Gus
5: Bradley
4: for you.
6: I mean, I, I, this, is, this, is, this is high school. I, mean, I don't even yeah. think
4: that's Gus Bradley, man, because at that point, um, no one on defense has a mic in their, in their helmet. At that point, yeah, that's who's ever
5: on- got the green dot has a mic.
4: I'm, I'm. I think to no, he, no, He's
6: saying he's saying when the clock gets down. Though, when Gus, the clock oh, gets yeah. down, yes. Yeah, after absolutely. like 15 seconds, the clock shuts
4: off. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's no one on defense that's able and to so, hear Gus. Like defensively, you can only talk when it comes to calling plays. After that, it's like it hits a certain time on the clock. You can't do that. So that's ultimately on who whoever is the is Mike. Yeah, is, is the Mike Backer or whoever's calling those plays, right? And ultimately, that's normally Shaq who's the will he's not even the mic which is weird to me because i played mike and as mike i was calling plays i was calling adjustments whatever. Well, when he well, plays he's a
5: mic in his system
4: i think it's but also you don't have to be either one. yeah because our because our system is more of a of a i mean they say it's a four three but we're more of a, um, a four
5: two five with a fat nickel
4: yeah exactly hmm. and and that's and that's why he plays when he plays but Ultimately, that just comes down to Okurike not being able to make that adjustment when it came to it. So, I mean, and that's okay. It was, I mean, six games in, I understand he should be able to make those adjustments, but. Um, I mean, even even 100 yards,
6: into the, 100 yards into the game, I mean, we got to be able to make some kind of adjustment. I, I'm, I feel like I could walk in there and me is not playing any downs to just be like, hey, slide slide your, to, your guys in front of you because you to, also need to know like I need to be free to make a tackle. So
4: to be 100% Dang, honest um, yeah. To be 100% honest if you look at how Jaguars schemed this week, um it was it was a hell of a scheme too. I want to give them Yeah, they only schemed to run against us. They didn't scheme yeah. to pass against us until they the fourth did not. quarter.
6: No, that's because Dude. they thought they were going to be playing with the lead for nine quarters.
4: That's right. Why. Right. So they they actually because they knew that we were going to come in and try and take away Trevor Lawrence. Because, you know, week two, Trevor Lawrence did his thing. So they, they did the opposite. And, you know, ultimately he didn't come into play until that fourth quarter, which was that last drive that Jacksonville had that made it 27-26. And he had a, an unbelievable drive. I'm tracking that's 18 plays on that last drive.
6: Outside of that, uh, that run though, that uh, Jamarco Hastings had for the sixty yards or whatever, he did go for negative four the rest of the way. So,
4: so and to be honest, I mean, if you look at it, there was only a few big plays that made those yards look fluffed, right? Travis C
6: T N had about uh, four big carries. Yeah, and then uh, James Robinson, I believe, was pretty much bottled up outside. There of the was run. there was also
4: a, re- a reverse with Agnew that.
6: Well, Agnew always kills us, so I'm not surprised by that.
4: Guys. Yeah, so I mean that—that's ultimately what it was. So let's uh, go. Ashley
6: ahead. Ash, Ashley says she hopes face on plays better. I hope uh, he doesn't play yeah, at all. Yeah, I, I was about to say I, I don't hope, hope he doesn't, doesn't have play any at all. snaps. <laughs> 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 all right, so let's My talk breath. about
4: let's talk about Tennessee, right? Because we're talking a lot about Jacksonville, we're all hyped up that yeah. we won, and that's yeah. that was great.
6: I was my bad. I was just went back to that just to adjustment. So, I mean, this goes back to, to the Tennessee Titans game um, that we're going to play this week. Uh, the Titans honestly don't adjust. They don't get as creative as Jacksonville does with their runs. Um, Tennessee pretty much does one thing. They put one guy in the backfield, and they're going to run him down your throat and run him into your face and run him into your chest. Um, yes, sir. Uh, and Power concept, face. man yeah, they're just gonna run them into your face every freaking play until you get tired of tackling them and you go sit on the sideline.
4: So so let's 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 talk about Tennessee real quick, right? So their their uh, their pass rush is top of the league, and why? Because they win first and second down. So that's a key thing that that Andy needs to remember because we don't win first and second down, right? Tennessee does, and that's why we lost the last game against Tennessee is because they were winning first and second down. We can't get put in third and long because their pass rush is just different, right? They're solid. Uh, they found a way to make Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry work um, the same way that we had Danico Autry and uh, DeForest Buckner work, right? It's, it's nothing different. They're both – they're all similar. So and that, comes
3: down to the, that comes down to the running game getting going early. <laughs> If that's the case, because we can't come out. I mean, look at last week. We even came out multiple 39, third long, where we're depending on quick passes out the backfield to move the chains, things like that. So that's just going to come down to the running game getting going early, period. If it doesn't, it's going to be another one of those situations where we're dinking and dunking.
4: Right.
5: Yeah, right. This game's all predicated on the run game.
4: But the Deacon and Duncan could possibly work. Why? Because they're averaging, right? Their secondary is averaging 287 yards a game.
5: Um, yeah, but when you wow. let a defense pin their ears back and our, our shoddy offensive line as it is, I mean, that's a recipe waiting yes. for disaster. So you guys are going oh, so
6: this the, 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 the running game and, and the dink and dunk. We got to remember this. Matt ran through for 300-plus against them last time we played. We also need to remember this, this This isn't about running game or this isn't about, or about quick passes. This is establish who you are from the get-go. From the first quarter. Whatever we're going to do, we need to make sure we come out. If it's going to be quicker than passes, if it's going to be the run game, we need to have a good mixture, and we need to make sure we're being the aggressors and not letting Tennessee dictate this game because that's what Tennessee wants to do. They want to get us, get a lead on us, get a 14, get a seven-point lead, whatever they need to do, and they're just going to play defense and and force us back and then just come after us. Like We need to come out, and we need to be the aggressors, and we need to show them that we're not going to be pushed around. So to to, to to
4: caveat off of that, right? Um, and that's like a big army word. Sorry that I use that. Um, we make fun of all of first arms because every time a commander makes a briefing, they like to, you know, the first arm likes to like, "Well, you all that." And all like, um, so, <laughs> uh, Trev knows what I'm talking about. If he was here, he'd back me up. <laughs> but. Um, Realistically, it's going to come to what our defense does, not our offense, right? Because our offense is going to figure it out and be able to move the ball and be able to score somehow, right? Jelani Woods had two touchdowns last time against Tennessee. Uh, we were in the red zone four times, four times the last time we played Tennessee in the second half. He okay, well, we scored two touchdowns. One we scored ball, one turnover. Facts, right? So the idea is, offensively, we are we are good. We can be able to move the ball against this team. What we need to do is defensively, defensively, right? And this is where the key matchup comes in. And my key matchup in this thing, in this I game you're is – I hope you're going to say who I think. Kenny Moore. Ah. Kenny Moore is my key matchup, and this is why. This is why. And this is this is to, to give some credit to Rick Venturi because I love I'm Rick glad, I'm
6: almost kind of glad you didn't say my guy because I got a key matchup
4: too. I got a key matchup. Too. So, so – so here, here's two wide receivers that Tennessee has. Yeah, Westbrook and you got Phillips. Both of them play differently. Kenny Moore's got to uh, cover they, both of them. They just right? added to Phillips, too. Yeah. Right? And Westbrook is a deep threat, right? So in that slot, he's going to go deep. Deep crossers, deep posts, deep outs, whatever. So Kenny Moore has got to be able to know that when Westbrook is on the field, it's most likely going to be some kind of a deep threat. Right. So Kenny Moore's got to already play kind of like cautious of that. And then you got Phillips. Phillips, that guy can run a short route probably to the best of them in the league. If you really watch him on tape, which I have this week, I found time during work to watch Phillips on tape. That man can run a route when it comes to a slant or a crossing route. Kenny Moore has got to be ready for that situation. So if Kenny Moore didn't study tape this week, you're going to see it tomorrow you're going to see it when either two of those are on the field. Damon wants to say something. I heard him breathe.
3: Go ahead. Well, I haven't, I, I mean, I, if if that's the case, I, I really want to see Kenny step up. I feel like he's got on the worst end of a couple plays this season out of the slot, anything going over the middle, things like that. I feel like it's, it's kind of been caught sleeping, especially in a goal line front. So like you said, we just got to get. We got to be the aggressor early. We got to get a pass breakup early, a big hit early, turnover something early, so we can kind of flip the script where they're playing catch up to us, and it's not us coming down
5: 17-0. I hope Tennessee tries Gilmore because I think Gilmore is going to respond. I mean, that's just me. Like, I wish that was, Stephon wish that Gilmore, played. Stephon Gilmore, versus anybody else. I'm not too worried about, but I think Tennessee is desperate, you know, to prove that they're not just, you know, Ryan Tennehill special handed to Henry and watch them go. I,
6: uh Unfortunately, I totally disagree with you there, Zach. I mean, they owned us for the last four games, so I honestly think Tennessee thinks they're big brothers right now. I think they think they can push us uh, around. I think they think they can kick us in the face and they can spit on us while we're on the ground, and they just really I mean, don't
5: like I that. laugh, but I ask them, how many rings have they won? And they blew and they choked in the playoffs? I mean.
6: I, I don't know, man. It's It's, it's, it's tough for, it's tough for me to say I'm 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 that I'm that guy that always sits there and says like I don't understand why Colts fans hate Tennessee fans because we've literally like been over them for like for forever. So so anytime they try to argue with me I'm like, well you guys got four division titles in 23 years. So go go away little bro. You're hold like, on, hold, on, on. hold for, on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Last
4: year, right? Tennessee was number 1 seed, right? We got that. Yeah. And the only chose. reason the only reason they were number 1 seed was Patrick Mahomes missed multiple games last week last year. Yeah, I mean –
5: Missed one game.
4: But here's the thing. Like, half those teams struggled. They had had stronger schedules. Our schedules last year were were, were fairly easy, and Tennessee's schedule was fairly easy.
6: I don't even go off that. I just go off the fact that, hey, you were number one seed, and guess what? You have the same amount of playoff wins as the Indianapolis Colts, buddy.
4: (laughs) I mean, mean, that's, that's
6: 100%. And then the year before, the year before that, we both made the playoffs, and we both got exited the first round. So they love to sit here and be like, "Oh yeah, we we won this or whatever, blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever. Go on with your your little uh division titles that you have less than the Texans, but you want to keep trying to compare yourself to the Colts." Um, so that's just my thing there. I, I honestly, I just, I think we need to come out and win this game, um, just to you know make sure we put ourselves back at the top of this division, got a, a game lead on them. Um, and we can finally be back where we're supposed to be because this is where we should have been for a while now. Um, but that does bring me to my key matchup, Matt. My key matchup is Tyquan Lewis. Yes. That's who I thought you were going to say. Um, but I'm almost kind of glad you just said Kenny Moore, not Tyquan Lewis, because it's me. When I look at Tyquan Lewis. Man, Are you I'm talking about listening. last week? Uh, uh, not just from last week. It's just the way he's been playing as well. But if we think back to the game he actually got injured last year versus Tennessee, my guy had an interception. I think he had a sack, and I think he had a forced fumble. This dude has been an absolute game record versus Tennessee. Um, for the last like I want to say about three games, and and the way that he's playing right now against those boot play uh play actions, the way he was coming out on Trevor Lawrence and not getting faked by that run, I think this is the perfect matchup to have him versus those edges instead of quiddy pay who gets sucked into that run. I agree. And I and I love this matchup for for Taquan Lewis. Um I think he will be the matchup for our, our, our game here right now. Um and then I, I think if we can keep those play action boots down just like we talked about with the first matchups we can come in and we can stop yes. Henry. We don't let yes. Tennessee do whatever they think they're gonna do we go out we get us a touchdown Tannehill has to go and pass it. He can give us another two, three interceptions just like he did when Wentz had the two sprained ankles. Taekwon Lewis is my matchup.
3: (laughs) Bro, never forget forget that game.
4: (laughs) 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 Taekwon last week, I just kept like – I kept watching Taekwon last week. I don't know how many times Jaguars called that boot. And Daquan was like, nah, fuck you, dude. Mm. I'm go with you. Coming, coming down. Every, every time he did not fall for the play action. That man learned how to contain, and it was just that man was containing that side. And, it I was, loved it, bro. It was beautiful. It. Because if you look at it, right, anytime a quarterback, you know, kind of rolls off to the, you know, wherever they're going to bootleg, they're going to bootleg to their strong side. So if they're throwing, t- if they're right-handed, they're going to bootleg to the right." so that they can get that power right and he he knew it he was like bro i don't care i'm coming with trevor lawrence and if he does that tomorrow we win this game we win this game and that's what i I don't even care like that's just it i Lewis. so my matchups my key matchups were between them two it was kenny moore and it was also taekwon. And I wanted to go Kenny Moore because a lot of people aren't going to look at the slot receiver. Right. And that's why I went Kenny Moore instead of Taekwon They were kind of tied in my position. That's why when I knew you were going to start talking, it was Taekwond.
6: Yeah, I, I gotta go to Taekwon. Man, I mean those those boot action quarterbacks have been killing us for a, a little while now. And the tough part is we got literally we got three of them in our division. And I mean, we just for some reason we just don't ever think the quarterback is gonna boot out and it kills us. And Taekwon. When he has played, he has been killing that play the last three or four games. So that was my matchup there. And then I also like our D line versus their O line. Nate Davis is also out, so I think our defensive tackle should be able to eat against this this Tennessee offensive line as well. So as much you as yeah, I got my little buddy he keeps coming here. Um, so as much as they like to keep trying to talk about our offensive line, we have those same capabilities, and our defensive line has been playing better as of the last hey. three games. So.
3: Ashley just told me the Phillies tied it up. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go Phillies. Let's go Tyquan. Well, Defense We
2: need
3: – And they got – They got what? Roger McCreary, Terrence Mitchell, secondary. I think there's two starting corners, right? We got to have uh, – Pittman, we, we've like literally like not even referenced him because he's like Mr. Consistent for us. But 13 receptions, 130 yards. I mean – I don't know how we how we forget. I think it's because he's so consistently great for us. You know, does all the dirty work, going over the middle, taking massive hits, um, working in and outside of routes, forcing pass interferences. I think he's going to have a good game, and Alec Pierce does as well. And uh, I love to see Parrish get involved early as well. I mean, I, love- I, thought I, lo- I loved his usage. I loved his usage. Um, that drive that got us our first lead of the game, uh, Matt had to step up in the pocket. Um, and, and pretty much force it into double coverage right there I over really the middle that. Yep. That, that third and six. So,
4: so it was we a play that. that he wasn't even looking. Yeah, that no. was the play that went viral. Matt was getting right destroyed back. in that uh in that in that play. And he didn't look. It was so that play was supposed to be screen. Um and the screen was blown up from the get-go, and Matt was able to just toss that thing. Right over to, to Pittman, and Pittman made that catch. Bro, I, I agree 100%. And it's not that we're taking away anything from Michael Pittman, right? I think it was just some guys don't get as much love as Michael Pittman does, like Kylan Granson and Alec Pierce. I think Colin Granson last week was a, a huge factor, and he almost
3: was a huge factor in a loss. Week before. Week before. Broncos. That, yeah. that third down play he took for what 25 30 yards you guys past midfield missed a well, tackle I, yeah and last week he scared us against jacksonville
4: because he fumbled that one freaking screen he just fumbled it and then he came back on that uh that last drive where he beat dude on the inside and went to the outside and it's michael Pippen is not forgotten that man is a monster and I, I he he reminds me of Marvin Harrison because Marvin Harrison was so quiet and so humble as a receiver when when he was doing such great things, and that's why I like Michael Pittman so much. Yeah,
3: and then, he's a and player. Then I,
4: yep, and then I think right now we have Alec Pierce who is starting to step into that Reggie Wayne role where now we have a true wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and I feel bad for T.Y.
3: because T.Y. never had that. T.Y. was always wide receiver all. And we tried multiple guys to backfill that as well. We tried, what, Hakeem Nix. We tried Dante Moncrief. We tried multiple people to kind of fill that second role. And it didn't really work for us. But back to your point about uh, Pittman, um, he's one of those players that's statistically recognized, you know. Um, and you're going to get that out of a small market team. You're going to get those guys that go for 1,200, 1,300 yards receivers, and they're not they're not going to go make those crazy downfield catches, which we know Mike can do, but at the end of the day, that comes down to play calling, and something like last week where we're running these short routes, and we're not going necessarily vertical. That's where we're going to get those 13 receptions, 130 yards, really just moving the sticks for us, and then opening up for Pierce down the field like I did at the end of the game. Perfect play call, by the way. I lo- I'll i tell you what I like about it the most. I love Matt's trajectory on that throw. Literally the perfect lob it up. Pierce Pierce did more on the play because he forced a corner inside, got outside as quick as he could, so he forced that separation. Easy throw. Easy pitching catch for Matt Ryan. He can throw that 30-yard ball in his sleep.
4: Right, so Zach had some issues. Uh, his laptop died, so he was he had to leave. So just so if anybody was understanding. Man, I agree, dude. I've watched this tape probably – Uh, 10 times this week. Uh, Every day I went into work, I watched it. I rewatched the game. And that play alone was just – that was Matt trusting Alec and Alec Pierce showing his ability to be clutch. And I love that when they say, hey, Reggie gave him advice on how to be patient. And to me, I'm not a receiver, right? I'm a defensive guy. So to me, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know if any if you guys have played offense. I never played offense. I played defense. Um, I played fullback, but I just kind of blocked because I was aggressive. But I was always a defensive guy. Um, so so when they talk the about – uh, if you think about patience, think about yeah, um, two let's people. let talk about it.
6: Two people. When they say, think when Reggie tells Alec Pish to think about patience, you think of Stefan Diggs and uh, Devontae Adams. Notice okay. how when they sit at the line of scrimmage and when they get off, the first thing they always do is go from their stance to standing straight up almost to breaking down into a route. Okay. That's the patience. So when they're breaking down into that route, they're setting the DB up to for whatever route they're going to go to. Okay, And that's the patience that he's talking about. So if you go back to the first play where he says, I wasn't patient, Reggie told me, after, he rushes into that route, and a DBA is able to stay right there on his hip, and when he turns back, he can't get a catch. Look back to the touchdown catch. Alec Pierce, he starts in the stance, gets up, sets him up like he's coming in for the slant, boom, breaks outside, wide open. You got the the yardage. So, if you want to talk
4: about patience, talking about, I wanna, I wanna bring up. Uh, let's bring that. Colin Granson touchdown back, right? Colin Grantson touchdown. Not the Colin Grant's touchdown, but the Colin Granson catch. Oh, the catch. You look at this as, is this the patience that you're talking about? How he kind of just.
6: So that there, that's not necessarily patience that we're looking for there. Right there, what you're looking for is you're looking just to beat your guy one-on-one, who – what happens is that that uh, linebacker – Double move, that, by the way. Yeah, he believes he has help on the inside. So what happens is, is as he lets Granson get up the field, he lets him get inside of him. He has bad technique and lets Granson get behind him. He has to turn his back to the quarterback. He doesn't know where the ball's at. That – and linebackers lost wait, in space.
3: And, and Granson had to go on his second break as well to turn the safety, force yeah, it. Yeah,
6: exactly. So that's why I said he thought he had help inside. So it was a good play call to have that route be ran the way it was inside to cut back outside. So you basically lose a safety and a linebacker well, in the same play.
4: Well, if you really want to talk about it, I mean, it's not really a drawn play to run inside than outside. That's That's ultimately on the tight end. That's, that's well, them, Kylan being smart. I wouldn't doubt that. smart Yeah, it depends, yeah. It, it, it
6: depends. It depends on the formation and stuff like that too. I mean, you're but, gonna have some some little mean, nuances to schemes and whatnot and how. A lot of work. those,
4: a lot of those things come down to uh, what they see while they're on the line of scrimmage. I mean, Colin be, running that be, inside was was smart, right? It's like gonna, it's gonna be there. it's
6: gonna it's gonna be muscle Inflate. memory off of how you see it from different defenses and how you know how right. to get open. This is why people always say they don't have a veteran receiver. They know how to get open. That's the point of being able to see that you have the experience to know how you need to run that route. Now, so, I want to ask
4: you – I want to ask you, you two, uh, since Zach's not here and if Zach's still – He says, watching, he he says he he's trying to come,
6: he he says he try to come back in.
4: Okay. Um, if he comes back in, I want to ask you guys, do you think that Michael Pittman and Reggie Wayne, right? Because even – even Re- Mike. Uh, so I'm trying to ask. Okay, thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce are like M- Marvin Harrison, and Reggie Wayne, right? And the reason I ask this is because Marvin Harrison was drafted a whole lot longer than Reggie Wayne was, right? A whole lot before. Do you think these two receivers could be the duo that we've seen between them two?
3: We need more time. I just, I just think we need more time. Um, and kind of see what their archetype is. The only thing that worries me is how similar they play. They play extremely similar, which is why I think we kind of need to catalyst out of the slot. Um, but I mean there's plays out there that I'm sure y'all seen, like those moving the sticks plays where I'm like, okay, was that Pierce or Pittman? Okay, that was Pierce. Um, I just think it's a little bit too early. You're gonna have to see some you're gonna to see some serious situations where one of them's gonna be uh wide receiver one, one of gonna be wide receiver two. There's multiple games where you saw Marvin take a step back, especially later in his career when Reggie started picking up the slack a little bit, especially down the field. I just think we need more time.
4: What about you? Uh, I, th-
6: I think it could be something that we can look forward to seeing for the next eight to ten years. Um, the thing that I see here is that uh, just like just like uh, David just said, they they play very similar. But the thing for me is is that Alec has speed. And, and that's what makes the, diff, the biggest difference in the world to me. Like, if you go back and look at the early Reggie and Marvin days, Reggie had speed that you really didn't see coming around like in the Super Bowl years that we had in, in the deeper years that we had. We didn't get to see his speed because his speed was so much different um, when you go from veteran speed to just using speed to knowing how to use your speed to get open. So it wasn't necessarily like he was on deep routes anymore. So with these two, the thing, the reason I, c- I say that I can see it is because of their hands. Both of these guys have exceptional, exceptional hands. So the ability to be able to catch the ball, the way Michael Pittman runs, um, he reminds me more of it. It, it would be more like a, 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 a uh, like the, um, what was it, uh, the uh, the 2011, I want to say, Baltimore Ravens with Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith. So you got Alex Smith is kind of like that Torrey Smith uh, um, with the speed and being able to run that deep ball, but he's actually a lot bigger and can actually run – all of the routes of the route tree mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Michael Pittman as the anchor. That was Steve. No, no, Tory Smith.
3: It was Torrey Smith for, for Torrey Baltimore. Smith. I'm pretty
6: sure Torrey – I'm pretty sure it was Steve who played
3: for the Baltimore Ravens. Torrey did no, too. He,
6: no, he, he played after, though. Steve Smith came, uh, I think, 2013 or 14. I think. He
3: came the year after they won the ship. Um, yeah, sure. so, um, yeah, so –
6: but yeah, so something like them – or with, like, uh, the Packers with Jordy Nelson and, and, and one of their other guys where they had the guy who had the speed and they had the guy who can pretty much be your third down chain mover. And so that's what I like from these two. I think they can they can take that. But just like Damon said, we need more time. Um, we need to see how everything's going to go. We need to see how players get paid and whatnot. But I think as far as what they do right now, I could see
3: it. I would like to see Michael Pittman. I know it's, like, one of his things that – keeps drives going after the catch uh but putting the head down <laughs> uh generating contact between linebackers and, and safety around you full speed that kind of stuff does worry me like reggie what i remember about him was being very um aware of his surroundings and not taking the big hits i do think that's what kind of prolonged his career a little bit so mike this is something i do want to see is just him maybe being a little bit safer over the middle and things like that yeah
6: he got that dog you know, I want to hit everybody. I want to run <laughs> everybody over. He's a run.
3: He's he's like his pops with the ball in his hands. That's for sure.
6: Oh yeah, Turn into a running
4: back.
3: Yep. Well, final score predictions, y'all.
4: No, hold on. Keep keep talking. Keep talking. I got something else I'm bringing up for y'all. Real quick. <laughs> keep going.
6: Yeah. So um. Yeah. Also with this uh, Tennessee matchup, I do want to see how our run game looks against them. I I think um, so as much as we think that it couldn't be that good, we've had some Jonathan Taylor games that were really good, um, but he just didn't finish out the the game getting carries. So I think, uh, what was it, uh, 2021, that first game, he had 10 carries for about like 60 to 70 yards, and we just didn't give him the ball anymore. I mean, he had 10 carries, almost 100 yards already. So um, that's another thing I'd like to see. I think getting JT back will be huge for us. Um, it'll actually make the defense kind of key in on JT. So I could see Frank using them primarily, or I could see him using more like a decoy on some downs, different different plays and stuff like that. But i definitely like to see us uh, mix it up and, and see how we can get this run game going. But, again, we need to be the aggressors. I want to hear you guys talk about
4: Paris Campbell. And I'm surprised uh, that Marco hasn't brought up his guy. Uh, this whole show. Paris Campbell has probably had his best game as a <clears throat> cult. One of, one of, okay, at one, one, yeah, one of up. the best games as a Colt. And you did not bring him up. It kind of upsets me, man. What's up?
6: So, so my thing is, is, man, my tough thing is about bringing up players after one game. It's almost like fantasy, man. It's like when you see one player go off for one big game, you're like, oh, yeah, let me start him. And you start him and then he gets you like two catches for like, Thirty yards or something like that, and so that's my thing. I don't like to jump. on
4: not you off, my Go ahead. <laughs> Um,
6: I don't like to jump on the wagon like as soon as it goes off. I want to see us be able to build on that game that they had, and then it's tough for me to see right now with the uh, Michael uh, Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, and then our tight ends and then Campbell kind of coming in to get some of those catches and whatnot. I'd like to see him get more targets, but I'm I'm juiced for him right now. He he's doing well. Um, I just want to see us keep keep getting him targets. I mean, he's at he has every option available to him. So I just like to see us get
2: him some more before well, I let's let's uh let's get great going. block on game day live. Everybody getting in the end zone, including Paris in the fall touchdown. Indy Paris Campbell with the touchdown pass from Matt Ryan. That's not Mr. a touchdown,
4: but you know what? There he is. You know what I'm saying? There's some there's some Paris love. Uh Eric Campbell. Let's let's talk about it, right? Because I've been hating on him uh, every, day. every day. every <laughs> day. And it's not hate towards him, man. It's just hate towards the fact that he's been injured so often. Um I want him to succeed. Why? Because him exceed him succeeding means this offense is succeeding. Wow. And and that's the only play, you know, that's a good play, right? As a touchdown play. Jelani Woods was wide open behind him also. But let's talk about how the fact that, like, as the game went on, this man was building confidence. This man was running through tackles. He was avoiding tackles. I think he's starting to feel more confident. And I think Paris Campbell – is going to come into himself. That Paris Campbell that we saw week one with Phillip Rivers. I know that everyone remembers that week one with Phillip Rivers. He was that guy that everybody was like, oh, my God, Phillip Rivers is about to be wide receiver one, right? Paris Campbell, because Michael Pittman was just just drafted. So everybody thought Paris Campbell was about to be wide receiver one. Yeah, I
6: I still think that was his best game.
4: Yeah, facts. That was his best game. And I think this game here, re, you know, it brings him back. It brings Paris back, and I think it builds confidence in Paris Campbell. And I think uh, we can be excited to see what Paris Campbell is about to bring this year. And that question mark, in my opinion, to me, is gone. Because if there's anyone in this wide receiver core that I'm excited about, yeah, you got Alec Pierce that everyone's excited about because he's a rookie. But I'm excited to see where Powell, where Paris Campbell goes.
6: As you know, that's been my guy. I've been, I've been holding out hope for him. I, I was pretty down after, uh, after the uh, – okay. I don't know if it was the Kansas City game. I forgot what game it was, but he pretty much was healthy and didn't get really any targets, and Matt Ryan wasn't really looking his way. It had me discouraged for a minute there, and I'm just like, because all I've been saying is all this guy needs is health on his side, and I think the sky's the limit for it. So I'm, I'm happy as hell to see that uh he, he's finally getting some, some capability to, to go there. And I hope that we keep targeting him because, I mean, as you can see, like he's had some lucky pays. I think uh, was it Granson had that fumble, and Paris Campbell was right there on top of the ball. I mean, Paris Campbell's getting open, and we target him. We get him a touchdown in some some short space situations. Hit him on screens. So I love seeing Paris Campbell eat. I hope he keeps eating. That's my guy. I had some projections for our receiving core, so I hope they can they can live up to it for us. So so, and
4: I agree, right? Because I think. Oh my bad. Hurt the puppy. Yeah, I don't know. Sweet. Um <laughs> come here. You alright. I think I scared her more than anything. But um I think that uh PC, uh AP and Michael Pittman are probably our, our one, two and three. I think that's our one, two, three man. And it's great because each one of them has a different style. And I think Michael Pittman is not so much the downfield guy. Right? He's more of that crossing route. I'm gonna be aggressive. That Damn. linebacker tries to hit me and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my shoulder into your helmet type guy, right?
3: But he can and be he, he can be a downfield guy.
4: He can be a downfield guy at the same time. So you don't know how to game plan against him. Then you got Alec Pierce, right? <laughs> Alec Pierce is a route runner who's also a downfield guy. So both of them are very similar, and you you just can't kind of take away from them. Alec Pierce is also trying to find his identity. Um, and then you have Paris Campbell. And Paris Campbell is starting to show that he is reliable. And I think all the hate last week when all those stats came out about him being, um, what is it, the 4.4 4 yards of separation? Uh, separation. I think Matt Ryan noticed that. And I think Matt Ryan, uh, honestly started looking that way. As much as Matt Ryan probably won't admit that he saw those stats, I think that he saw it and he was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to start looking that way because if you're 4.4 4 yards of separation, that's an easy completion. Yeah.
6: I also think he saw the, um, the film of him looking directly at Paris Campbell open for first down and not throwing it to him. So it was, uh, a lot there that he can take away from it, but also I do want to. Um, yes, actually we do. Parrish Campbell, that's our guy. <laughs> um, also, I want to say. Ah um, oh, damn it! Let's see. Um. Jesus, oh, I just lost. It. Michael Pittman Jr. taking that hit on third down for that first down, yes. making the catch and holding on to the ball. I mean, a lot of receivers don't don't hold on to that. They do not hold on to that catch. I love Michael Pittman Jr.
3: Good Man. look on that forward progress too.
4: Uh, so Michael Pittman Jr. was raised, if everybody knows <laughs> it. I th- I believe his I believe his dad was a running back. Safety,
5: I think, right? I thought he was a safety.
4: He was some aggressive. Yeah, senior? He was, no, he he's a running back. He was a running back running for the Bucks. He was a running won. back. He was a running back. Okay. Yeah. They, they they won the Super Bowl against the Raiders, I believe. Long 2000 time. and 2002. Yeah, so Michael Pittman has that running hey, back mentality. Hey, what's up, Troy? Hey, Troy, it's been a while, man. I was waiting for you. But yeah, so Michael Pittman, um, he has that running back mentality to him that he got from his dad. So when it comes to, uh, running the ball, I I don't I don't shy away from being concerned about Michael Pittman being able to take the ball and run with it. So when he runs, he's aggressive, and I absolutely love it. I think I, – and I'm going to make this as a bold statement. I think Michael Pittman is a better run-after-catch runner than Odell Beckham. And it's because he doesn't run away from somebody. He runs right into you. He's going to do what he has to do to get the first down. He's not going to run three yards back and then run six yards forward to get the first down. He's going to catch the ball, and if it's three yards that he needs to get, he's going to put his shoulder down and run that four yards. Yep.
6: I love it. I love it. Fight for every yard. You know, we got to have that type of guy. It's good to see that A.J. Brown has (laughs) left the division, so Michael Pittman can be that guy. One hundred percent. All right. So, got the uh, what is it? Lock of the week or is it upset of the week?
4: Let's do. All right. Let's see. I don't know where we at. We're gonna do crew locks. The locks of the week. Dum-dum. Locks of the week. Dum Dum-dum. dum 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 dum. I was trying to find a sound for that this week, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm gonna keep continue to work on that. <laughs> Okay. But go
6: ahead, uh, Demarco. My lock of the week is going to be Dallas over Detroit. Welcome back, Dak. Doom, doom. Mm.
4: That's my lock. Go of ahead, week. go ahead, Damon.
3: Ooh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go New England over Chicago in a big win. They pick up their pace. They get back back on track in the division. With Mac 10 back at QB. Okay. Well.
6: I, think, I thought uh, Bailey Zappi was getting the start. Nope. Again, no, he's not. Patriots are going to lose then. <laughs> My boy
4: Zappi is the GOAT. <laughs> so I'm going to go with this. And I'm going to Homer. I'm going Colts over Tennessee. I'm going with it. Why? Because last week, at first I went Eagles, and then I went Colts. You changed it to our And old. the Colts won. And we locked it. And we locked it. And this week, I'm going to go Colts locked over Tennessee. And I think it's because I think our coaching staff had figured it out, and I think it's when – Frank finally fi- and and oh, you know it sure what? says AFC East. That's old school. Okay. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Right, Frank. Frank right now has an energy that he hasn't had all year. Right. So when he did didn't have it. it. He didn't have it through the Denver game. He ain't had it since Andrew Luck retired. Well, hold on. Uh, yeah. Right. I haven't seen this energy. And then after he, they beat. Denver, he still didn't have it
5: until it came as, uh, to
4: talking choice. about the Jaguars. Once he started talking about the Jaguars, he had this energy that was just different about him. I think he heard the Trayvon
6: Walker talk. He was like, okay, okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I says, I can... Troy says he thinks the O-line might have figured it out. I think so as well. I like it. I still like us to find a better right guard, but – I think for now our, our offensive line will be okay. I think so. I think so.
4: I I agree. I think right guard, outside of right guard, our offensive line has figured it out too. But uh, <laughs> Frank has been something different the last couple weeks and I can ride with it. I can ride with it. The first few weeks he's kind of been energy less and the and since uh after the Denver win, he's had more energy. Than, than I've seen since probably Phillip Rivers, right? Uh, Carson Wentz kind of didn't give him as much energy as we expected it to. But um, I don't know, man. Um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm locking Colts against Tennessee. I I'm locking that, them. I, I, need, I need them to prove it to me one more week,
6: man, one more week. I need them hey. to prove it to me.
4: Troy, since you were here last week, very uh, 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 very active last week, let's see what you got. What kind of questions do you have this week?
6: Yeah, man, I, I, need, I, need, I, need, I, I need them to prove it to me, man, one more week, man. This is, this is a very important game for me because if we go out there and we stank it up. I'm be really disappointed that I put my faith into him, and it could pretty much kill our season. I mean, this game right here is is make or break us, and and we cannot, we cannot keep losing these make or break games. We need to show. He said it's uh he said it's, Troy says it's still O line for him, Matt. I think he's uh he's not completely sold on the combination we got right now.
5: Um, I, I, mean, I but i I, I
6: i i completely understand your um your concern 100%. and you're not optimistic about it because i mean they honestly outside of this one game they haven't really proved it so i can totally agree on your points there but what i will say is that the quick rhythm that we've added to the new offensive line combination i i think it does give us some some cause to say maybe we found something here but troy i, I totally agree with your your non-optimism to not be ready to jump on that.
4: So, Troy, I agree one hundred percent, and the only reason is because all we're our right guard, right, um, with Matt Pryor being there, is kind of questionable. Um, I think uh, Kelly at left guard, at left tackle, and then uh, Quentin left guard, Ryan. Center and then uh Braden Smith that right tackle is solid. I think our right guard is probably gonna be the question this week. Uh especially when it comes to facing somebody somebody like Jeffrey Simmons. Right? Jeffrey Simmons is uh to me, he's probably the best, one of the best defensive tackles in football. And we have to worry about him. Especially when it comes to Mike Vrabel being his head coach.
0: Uh, I, think Mike,
4: I think Mike Brabel is a top five head coach in football right now. Coach of the year. He was coach of the year last year. Yeah. So when it comes to facing Mike Vrabel, man, you just – you kind of got to be smart. That's just all it comes down to because – Mike Rabel is one of those guys that can out-coach you in a heartbeat. And even though he wasn't a big-name player, that man's got Super Bowl rings as a player, right? And he <laughs> plays in those games. And he's just – he's smart. I want to say he's smarter than half the guys he played on – he played with on defense in those Super Bowls. Yeah. He's uh, so rated.
6: Troy said JT coming back and facing eight-man fronts will be a challenge. Actually, Troy, JT is actually doing better against eight-man fronts than he's doing against six-man fronts. So not exactly sure what the challenge will be. The challenge will be more so for our offensive line. Can they can they kick open some holes so he can get some regular runs that he's used to? And Ashley, who's our backup right guard? I believe our backup <laughs> right guard should still be either Will Fries or it should be Danny Pinter."
4: I also want to say, Ashley, the Phillies are not tied right now. We are up six, seven to six. Just saying. Go Phillies. Go, go your team. Go your team. Hey, let's let's, let's go. All right. What part of the segment are we on? What what kind of questions do they have? Awesome, man.
6: I think that was the last or the last statement there. All
4: okay. right, so crew predictions. <sighs> All
6: right, man, here we go. Yeah,
4: uh... <laughs> this is the part you hate because you always go against us.
6: Yeah, I mean, I've been going against us the opposite way since um, since the cheese game, just because. Like I said, I need the Colts to prove it to me, man. I hate picking against them because I feel like – I honestly feel like the talent and the ability that this team should have, like I really feel like we should literally have like 13 or 14 wins a year. Like I, I really do. Um, but it's just like having that faith in them and then picking them and then us losing every week or, or doing something that we shouldn't be doing every week It's just been like so tough. So I need them to prove it to me one more time. Um I'm going to go uh, – jeez, man. I'm going to go Titans 24-23. Dude.
4: Eh. All right. I'm actually going higher, right, because I don't think Tennessee's defense is that good. I also don't think our defense plays that well tomorrow. I'm actually going 35-34. Oh, God. Indianapolis. I'm going with us winning. Because I think Frank Reich and, 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 and hear me out. I think it's gonna be a last second touchdown. If we allow like, if we allow Tennessee
6: to score 34 points, I might throw up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But I think Frank figures it out at the end and we end up scoring 35. They score
6: I hope you're
4: I hope you're right on the prediction. Hey, let's do it. let's yeah. do it. let's do a lock real quick, and this is crew locks, right? We did we did teams already for around the NFL. Let's do players in the Tennessee Colts game. Who do you have as a lock? Who's gonna just dominate tomorrow? A lock, and who's gonna dominate? dominate. I'm going to have to run it back to my
6: Let's boy go.
2: Tyquan Lewis. Let's go, boy. Let's my boy. go. Tyquan
6: Lewis is a lock, man. I'm going to go with two sacks, a forced fumble. I won't say an interception, but I will say two sacks and a forced fumble for my boy Tyquan Lewis. Okay. The team who scored a first TD. I'm going to say the, the Colts will score a first TD. I'm going to go a tight end. Mo Ali Cox. I'm going to say he scores his first touchdown. Okay. I'm going to go. That was Ashley's uh, question was asking who will score the first team.
4: Okay, okay. I'll answer my first question in a second. I'm going to go as my crew locked. I'm also going defensive front. I'm going to Forrest Buckner. Why? Because he didn't play that game. (laughs) He didn't play the last game. So I'm going to Forrest Buckner. Defo, okay. Defo, and who scores first in the game? I'm actually going to go Tennessee, and I'm who scores it. Probably a no-name receiver. I'm gonna go Phillips. I'm gonna go Phillips. Scores it. I'm gonna go Tennessee. Scores first, and I feel like tomorrow's gonna be a stressful game. It's where all of us sit here as mad as, as usual, fuck. As usual <laughs> for the Cardinals. Exactly. Mad as shit. And I'm going to say either Phillips or Westbrook scores it in the slot because I don't believe Kenny Moore knows how to uh, actually study film. Didn't you say he was our key matchup, though? I did. And it's oh, a key matchup, but I hope that he studies freaking film. <laughs> he
6: better study. He needs another interception around tonight.
4: Let's remember this tomorrow. Let's, Ashley let's says
6: uh we need to see more dio. Um I think I mean I think we could with Cody Pay being out of rotation. So we shall see. But hopefully, uh I mean whoever's in that defensive line, they should be eaten. I mean since the offensive line is not good. So we
4: should be so so with Lewin being out and Davis being out. I think our offensive or our defensive line should be able to eat. Honestly, Um, they should be able to be feasting and eat like 2017 Ezekiel. That that all depends on uh, Gus Bradley, right? It depends on if Gus Gus Bradley depends on uh, if he decides to throw everyone at him. Well, I, and think this is another on, I think it just
6: depends on this defense. I mean, Whoa. don't, don't
4: Whoa, let Tennessee
6: okay. score and, and get after Ryan
4: Tannehill. So, I mean, uh, Rick Venturi even said this week, uh, it all depends on if we go after their offensive line. Exactly. And we need to go after their offensive line. We need to send people. We can't just sit back and let Ryan Tannehill just kind of sit comfortably in the pocket. We've well, shown that – we won the game last week by not letting uh Trevor Lawrence sit in the pocket. Yeah, and but we also didn't
6: him, do his what we also didn't do is blitz though. So I don't think blitzing is the way. I think we need to get after him with four like is, we've been doing. These front four needs to keep getting after the quarterback right. like they've been doing for the past
4: two weeks, three weeks. Right, one hundred percent. We need to do that again. Run hundred percent. So <laughs> it fully falls on Dayo. DeForest Buckner.
6: Ashley the also says uh, Kenny Moore hasn't been the same this year. And uh, Ashley, that's what happens when you ask for money when you don't deserve it. Honestly, I'm just be straight up here. I love Kenny, Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore, Moore being a Moore. slot receiver is limited. Uh, I, I love Kenny Moore. That's my guy. He's my favorite Colt. But um, after those last two games to end the year, I don't want to say your whole pay depends upon those last two games, but you come out with those last two games and then you start the way you did this year and you ask for money in the offseason, it's just, it's just awful to me. So, I really hope he picks it up. But, I mean, that's what happens when you ask for money and you don't necessarily need to change.
4: And then I know Ashley earlier on asked about Faceon, and I want to talk about Face On a little bit. Um, if it comes to any analyst in football, especially with the Colts, uh, the weakest leak in our defense is Face and And uh, if you look at last week, uh, Basian and Isaiah Rogers have actually shared almost 50% of snaps. So if you look at that compared to weeks one through five, uh, er, um, Isaiah Rogers have earned more snaps throughout the week. So if you can if you look at uh, last week and you look at the film study, um, you can expect, uh, Isaiah Rogers to be on the field more than Facian. Uh, right? Because Frank is seeing what we're seeing. Um, me and Damian, we, we both have NFL Plus, and we both see those 22-player uh, type film, and we both see what's going on. And we both see that uh, Facian has missed tackles. Last week, Faison missed two tackles that were majorly important. One was a rookie receiver making his first catch in the NFL, and he gained like 15 yards off of it. And that was at the end of the game, which led to uh, Trevor Lawrence being able to score a touchdown to tie the game, which ultimately led to to them taking the lead. And then we were able to come back because of Alec Pierce. But
6: just can't do it, though.
4: Um, if you notice that his snaps have uh, slowly decreased throughout the season. So I could tell you that um, I can't tell you as a coach because I'm not a coach of the Colts. But if I was a defensive coordinator and I'm looking at those plays and I'm looking at those snaps that are important, Facian's not going to be as. Uh, on the field as much as Isaiah
6: Rogers. I tell you, just from any person who's been watching the NFL for a very long time, if this was any other team, Bason would have been benched a long time ago.
4: When 100%.
6: Unless Isaiah got hurt. so
4: 100%.
6: But, um, yeah, you know, you guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in.
4: Oh, Damon's back. <laughs> Damon, do you have any the last the, uh,
5: thoughts
4: words. about tomorrow. Be, be the aggressor.
3: Be the aggressor. Punch him in the mouth first. And move the ball down the field.
4: And that's pretty much what we said first. That's pretty much what we said without you. So, let's go Colts. All right, we're going to talk about it. All right, and our outro is actually going to be the same as our old intro because I haven't done an outro yet. But, hey, let's go Colts! All right, let's beat the shit out of the Titans because I'm tired of losing to the Titans. Yes. Let's fucking tell them no. Let them, let's let them know that this team made to play with our depth is deeper than theirs. All they have is Robert fucking Woods and Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry, Grover Stewart, <clears throat> Kenny Moore. Force Buckner, Buckner. Bobby well, I this game That's is on you. Let's go. Let's freaking go.
2: Wentz had a nice bounce back year season. He was the, good. The the issue for me with. Wentz had a nice bounce back year. The the issue for me with Wentz is always chips are on the line. Now what? And I picked the Jags because of Carson Wentz. (laughs) I think it's one of the worst losses in recent NFL memory Mm -hmm. for me. I think it's one of the worst losses in the
4: history of their franchise. It absolutely falls at the feet of Carson Wentz. But everybody in that organization had a hand in it. In the meantime, we have another quarterback on the move. Matt Ryan has been traded to the Colts.
2: Breaking news at the NFL where Stephon Gilmore is signing with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have traded for Yannick Ngakwe. Wow. Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of the NFL. This is the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. Reggie Wayne talking about Matt Ryan. Exact quote. It makes me throw up how much he reminds me of Peyton Manning. Taylor gives a touchdown Into off to the races is Kenny Moore and it's a pick six to Forrest Buckner down he goes again touchdown nine high Julian Blackburn and Fabio Okereke, he's up at the 40, he's at the 30 the club Terrence Butter the maniac hands off to Taylor Taylor beat.